Ooh, what's this? Is it a teaser episode of what having a third episode per week would look like if you partner with us on Patreon or PayPal? Yes. Yes, it is. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right, everybody, and welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us for this 297th episode of I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your host, Jesse Dalamore, and sitting across from me, that lady that you all know and you all love, who is filled with good goddamn ideas, the lovely, the talented, Brittany Page. So today, I saw someone using a payphone. <laughs> I had no idea where that was going. I, who knew where that? I mean, that, <laughs> the possibilities were got were endless well, of where that could go. You said I have great ideas, and well, I was talking about the third episode that we're doing presently. Oh yeah, I forgot that's what we're doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're doing that, and that was the idea that I had. But no, I know now you've you've raised my interest of this. Well, yeah. When is the last time you saw a working payphone? Usually, they're still there, but there's not a phone in there. No, and I, I I really can't. I can't remember the last time I saw a payphone. I the last time I saw a payphone, there's one in front of a restaurant that I like, and it's vandalized. <laughs> This does not sound like a good restaurant, but it is. The really restaurant good. is vandalized, or the payphone. No, the payphone. The payphone is heavily vandalized. <laughs> so it's no oh, longer. I know a what you're payphone. talking about. Yes, a boiling crab. Boiling crab. Yes. I don't think that's a working payphone. It's not a working payphone. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so it's not a payphone. It's where a payphone once resided. Well, it still looks like a payphone. It's the shell of a payphone. Yeah. With like five hundred thousand. Uh, cigarette burns on it. It's where now idiots put out their cigarettes. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah. But I saw someone actually, they had the phone up to their ear, which... Ugh. ugh, Why are you not talking about that? Well... You're burying the lead here, Brittany Page. That's what you should start with. Well, the first thing I wondered was, (laughs) why is that man touching that? And then the second thing I wondered was... Oh, that's a payphone. Yeah. (laughs) They still have payphones that work? Really? I didn't know this. Yeah, seriously. I knew, listen, as a kid, that payphones were ever... In fact, when I lived in Arkansas mm-hmm. as a kid, mm-hmm. very briefly, I lived in Arkansas Yeah. prior to moving to Missouri, where I went to fifth and part of sixth grade. Yeah. But when we were in Arkansas, mm-hmm. payphones were still a dime. Nice. That makes me sound like it was 1920 or something. Yeah, you're really dating yourself. No, but in nowhere else in the country. It was Mm -hmm. a quarter everywhere else. Yeah. And it was a dime in Arkansas. That tells you how depressed Arkansas was at the time and probably still is. Just how much they love their citizens. (laughs) Lowering the price. Right, right. Helping everybody out. GTE just loved the citizens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Giving everybody a discount. So this guy, this guy who's clearly... Like, yeah. Anyway, so what I wanted to say about payphones growing up was I knew kids that would just randomly insert their finger into the little change trap door Ugh. trying to see if there's money in there. Mm-hmm. Who, 
Who knows what's it? Maybe somebody filled it with fucking bees or something. I'm, That's taking your life in your own hands. Bees would be at the top of my list of what I would want in there. There could be so many things that are worse than bees. Just a big dollop of poop <laughs> in the phone. Or any kind of bodily fluid. I mean, you don't know what's going on with those payphones. Well, you'd have to. Or what someone's doing at the payphone. How would you? You'd have to be like up on a step stool to inject some kind of bodily fluid. It depends in there. on what the person has going on. I mean, we don't know. That's quite the scream. <laughs> I'm thinking urine. Are you thinking something else? I we don't know what anyone uh, is thinking. I'm getting the vibe that it's not urine you're thinking I, about. We don't know. <laughs> we don't have to know. You know what's going on yeah, in there. I don't know. I don't know. It's gross all around. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Okay, everyone's so, ear has so been on it. Every man, human's ear. You saw a man with a jizz phone up to his yeah, ear. Exactly. And you got a little weirded out. Yeah, I would never touch I would never touch that. Are you going to also talk about how you met your your germ twin in the elevator at college today? <laughs> at college today. Um, at school today. Yeah, so instead of having a man try to at the university repeatedly today. attempt for me to enter the elevator with him, I got on, on the elevator with a nice woman today, and she used her elbow to push the button. And I said, oh, I like your technique. I like your technique. And we had a little bit uh, of a moment exchanging, because I used I use the knuckle, you see. When I push the elevator button, explain to everyone why you use your knuckle. Because that way, which I, I don't touch my face throughout the day, but if I needed to, I wouldn't get germs in my eyeball when I'm, you know, getting something out You're, of my eye. You likely would get germs, but just not elevator button germs. Yeah. And listen, I've watched people touch those and it's not good. And also, there's visible residue. Listen, Cal State Fullerton has never been cleaned. It, you walk through the hallways and it looks like a hair salon. There is hair everywhere. <laughs> it's you also, can't... it's like that shitty, like uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, white tile linoleum type of shit. Yeah, this this place has never been clean. Uh, there are hairballs that have been there the entire time I've been there that I see, that I know. I wave to them. Hello, Ian. I don't know. Um, at this point, they're like tumbleweeds in an old West movie. Yeah, they're my friends. <laughs> and... <laughs> Oh, you've named them. Yeah. I didn't get the reference. Well, you should be better about that. I should be better. That is correct. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm not as bad. Every time we talk about this, you paint me to be some kind of freak, but it's not that bad. I can function. I'm not Howard Hughes. I don't have tissue boxes on my hands and feet. I'm fine. I just, I think it's, I think it's. I take it's, minor precautions that take no time at all. I don't carry hand sanitizer with me. I don't do any of that. So really it's just, I, I don't, I do not carry hand sanitizer. Sometimes I have wipes because I work with kids uh, as a tutor and they will sneeze in my face. They will sneeze right on me. Yeah. Kids are gross. So yeah. All right. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> welcome to the show. The long and winding road. This third, this will be the third, it's the second of the week, but this will be part of a three-episode week for yeah. you guys. Give you guys a little bit of a preview of what it would be like once we add that third episode per week based really? on the the beautiful listener support. That's exactly right. Yeah. And it is kind of a, we're kind of baiting you. This, if you like this, go to Patreon. And uh, you know, give us a little, uh, a little love. Well, here's what here's how we'll say it. How are we gonna say it? I had a really good thought, <laughs> and then it—I <laughs> don't know what happened. Um, 
think about what the show means to you and just take a moment and and think of that. If we make your day, if we make you laugh, if we, you know, terrify you with stories of germs and spiders and right. jizz, I guess. Um, <laughs> wow. Listen. You said you, it, not if me. You get You said it. If you get one laugh per show and you get eight shows per month, that's at least worth a couple bucks. And if you laugh more, and if we're more important to you than that, and then we'll drop this, because this always goes sounds like a fucking weird sales pitch. Then, you know, five bucks, we'll throw you some stickers, and we're all a big happy family moving the conversation forward one episode at a time. Anyway, it's awesome. Let's get to some emails. We did have some voicemails, and listen, I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to be the guy, that asshole no one likes, but if you guys call in and your voicemail is three minutes and you get cut off, I'm just not able to play your voicemail. So let's let's start a new number. Let's keep the voicemails to a minute and a half to two minutes, and then we'll have like a, a 10 second, you know, plus or minus. Well, I think I screwed that up because I think maybe you tried to... <laughs> Uh, put that rule into place and because someone commented on that oh I'm I'm going over the one and a half minutes and I was like oh you have three minutes it's fine yeah so well what, what happens it's natural if if you say three minutes then they think oh I've got three three and a half minutes uh-uh. no more if you you call in get to the goddamn point we want to hear from you but get to the point within a minute and a half or two minutes listen if Jake Tapper is getting two minutes on the show you're not getting three minutes on the show. You know what I mean? Brittany, do you, are, you, are you feeling me? I heard what you said. Wow. Yeah. All right. Let's get to our first email. It's from Jason. Jason. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. Hey, the best Jason. Part. Oh, I'm sorry. I stepped on the... I'm, I'm being... A, it's a dick move. It really is. Start over. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. The best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. I just finished listening to episode number 296. You guys open with Christian music sounding a little too innuendo-y, and I agree. Also, <laughs> also, Jesse mentioned the song Amazing Grace. I always thought it was a beautiful song. Whenever I have done something horrible or felt down, I would go to that song. Until I listened to a lecture of Dr. Joy Deguri. Mm-hmm. She specifically mentions that song's writer, John Newton... Look up, John. He's a former slave owner, beater, and rapist. Just wanted to bring that to light. I'm a person of color, and I have always felt weird knowing our real history, the stuff that happened to slaves and natives, and then we turn around and sing songs that were written by the oppressors. Guys, your show is the shit. Keep it moving forward. Thank you. Uh, let me say this about that song. and Well, let me also say this about the, the song being written by a terrible person. It's kind of like for me being a fan of the work of an actor who you just don't like, like Johnny Depp, for instance. I think Johnny Depp is a piece of shit. But there is a lot of his work that I think is fantastic. I think he's a great actor. Kind of quirky, kind of a goof. But personally, I think he's a worthless pile of fucking terribleness. But I can appreciate his, his art. So if you like a song that happened to be written by a terrible person, eh, it's a good song. However, I think it's not a good song. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Now, 
by virtue of the fact that you're a human, that you were born into quote-unquote original sin is why you're a worthless fucking wretch, according to this song, and according to many tenets of faith. I have a problem fundamentally with that. I once was lost, but now I'm found because of this invisible friend in the sky. And I don't mean to be flip if you're a Christian, and this is a deeply held religious thing for you, but I don't believe that people are inherently evil. I don't believe evil. Like evil. It's a, like evil. <laughs> like it's a superhero. Oh, what's happening? I don't believe that people are inherently bad. I think we're good in our heart. I'm a good person, and I don't have some guiding light of Christianity guiding me to, you know, a guiding light that guides me, Brittany. Mm-hmm. I don't have that as my compass. I know it's good and bad. I treat people well. As well as like, do I fail? Fuck yeah, of course I do. But my standard isn't the Bible. Because if it were, slavery would be okay. All right. All right. This is turning into a quite the deal. (laughs) (laughs) See what happens? This is the third episode. People are going to be falling off the map. It it really is. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the the email anyway. We appreciate it very much. Mm -hmm. And I'm with you. Not a fan of the song. Yeah. All right, next up. (laughs) Hey, guys, this is Justin from New York. Just wondering who you guys would want to see run this against this madman in 2020 or assuming he is impeached Pence. I know this is a long time from now, but I think this is something important to think about. Respectfully, Justin. Hmm. Well, respectfully, Justin, I. I think it's a little early to be batting at that ball. I think we should focus on the midterms. If not even for the reason that we need to cool down on the presidential candidate side of things right now, because people are already like starting to talk about like Chelsea Clinton running for Senate. And then who knows if maybe then, you know, she's a senator, then she'll take a crack at the presidency. I've and I I said this on a Patreon call, but I'm I'm done with the Clintons. I'm done with the Bushes. Let's get some new blood, some young blood. And there was pushback on that, on the call. And they, you know, look, well, she's not, she's not her parents. And uh, yeah, you're right. She is not physically her parents. Well, also, we might know that. Democrats might know that. But the people who, let's say, reluctantly voted for Trump didn't really want to, but they did. Yeah. Those are the people we need to win back. That is exactly right. And are they going to be excited about Chelsea Clinton? No. No, they're not. Yeah. They're going to be reluctantly voting for whoever else is running against well, her. Whether or not she's her parents, she is cut from that cloth. She is still deeply tied to the Clinton Foundation. She is still has those questions hanging over her. Whether it be a legitimate dark cloud or not, it's still a problem for a large part of the electorate. So I would be looking to a a a a younger. More, look, I would take a, I would take a, see, and now I would, I'm speculating now. It's not what I, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Stay strong at your caucus. <laughs> Martin O'Malley. Martin O'Malley. I love Martin O'Malley. <laughs> She's doing the heart thing with I'm her hands. I'm making a heart with my hands. Anyway, it's too early. Let's focus on the midterms. Listen, let's but focus. But also Martin O'Malley. Let's. <laughs> 
And if you, if you haven't seen that video that Jesse was referencing, we'll put it on the Facebook page because yeah, it will. is the greatest thing ever. But let's focus on the midterms. Fuck, let's focus on Georgia right now. Yes. Let's focus on that before we get the cart ahead of the horse. Mm-hmm. But thank you for the email and the question. In fact, somebody qu- asked the question, I believe, in email or on the Facebook page about if Trump is impeached, what would a, 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 a Pence presidency look like? And it'd be scary. It'd be a bummer. But it wouldn't be uncertainly scary. There wouldn't be, not uncertainly, there wouldn't be uncertainty about how scary it would be. Mm-hmm. We, he would be more conservative than George W. Bush or George H. W. Bush. Yeah. Or even Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. But we would know where he was coming from. And he also, he, res- he has a respect for, and don't take that word out of context, but he has a respect for the system and how things work. He wouldn't be trying to fucking blow the whole thing up and start over from scratch like Donald Trump was doing just out of sheer ignorance and arrogance. Listen, Mike Pence in Indiana when he was governor tried to pass a Religious Freedom Restoration Act and large corporations and the NCAA, mighty institutions said, if you do this, we're fucking leaving. If you pass this, we are uprooting and we're taking our business and our dollars elsewhere. And Mike Pence because he knows where his bread is buttered. He knows where tax revenues come from. He knows what it's going to do to his state and the the outlook on his administration. He said, okay, we're not going to do it. So at least we know he's reasonable and rational to a certain degree Mm -hmm. where we don't know what the fuck Trump's doing. Plus, he's kind of a handsome guy. Mike Pence? (laughs) You don't think he's handsome at all? He... He reminds me of Dr. Drew. No. Oh, please. Um, wow. Struck no. a nerve. Yeah. Well, I used to be a big Dr. Drew. What do you... Laid. I don't know. <laughs> um, I used to love the shit out of Dr. Drew. Um, Hashtag third episode, everybody. Yeah, so... <laughs> no, Mike Mike Pence looks like a, a, a supervillain. He's kind of scary. Supervillains can be handsome. Yeah, he's a little too mysterious looking for me. <laughs> wow, okay. I don't, know, right. I don't know what he's up to, is what I'm saying. All right, well, before we move on with the rest of the program, let's get to some follow-up. Bill O'Reilly is back on the scene. And is now our competition. He, that is, oh, wow. I didn't, I hadn't even thought of it like that. Wow, look at how shocked you are by my great point. Bill O'Reilly is back as a podcaster. Mm-hmm. This week only, though, will it be free for the world. Oh. After that, he's doing Mondays through Thursdays. After that, it's going to be charge on a charge basis if you're a, uh, a, a, a BillOReilly.com premium member. A patriot. Here he is. No pinheads allowed. <laughs> Here he is. On his inaugural podcast, free to the public, talking for about two minutes about what the show's going to be, and then he briefly gets into a little whiny shit about what went on. Hey, I miss you guys. Welcome to the No Spin News on BillOReilly.com, a completely different experience than what you've had in the past, and everybody is listening um, this week 
or can listen uh, Monday through Thursday. Next week, we'll go back to just... For the record, everybody's not listening, Bill O'Reilly. What happened to his <laughs> his smooth, confident... Oh, yeah. Well, the eloquent. other thing is, I'm glad, I'm glad I stopped it and you said that. Because, listen, because he clear... Maybe he's, he's recording this from his fucking iPhone out on the patio of his house because there's a lot of whistling sounds with his S's. Hmm. Like, hey, forgot. I can't do it. I can't do it. He sounds like uh, the child molester character on, on, on the family guy. Huh? No, <laughs> that comparison makes me very uncomfortable. Well, listen for the S's, but also listen for the content. Here it goes. Just premium members only for the no spin news, a service for you. So what we're going to do here is uh, about 15 minutes, 12 minutes of the headlines. It's an extended talking points memo um, that will cover the world each day. And then as, uh, as we develop the website, we'll have guests and um, things like that. And this will become longer and longer and longer into a, a genuine news program. That's the vision right now. Because mm. uh, it's not genuine now. It'll, it's going to be genuine. But right now, it's just me saying, um, about every other word. Um, uh, and, uh, maybe he's just thinking about all the, the pussies he wants to grab. Uh, this is a very strange thing to listen to. This is the, how the show opened. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, um, I am sad that I'm not on television anymore. I was very surprised how it all turned out. I can't say a lot because there's much stuff going on right now. <laughs> but I can tell you that I'm very confident the truth will come out. And when it does, I don't know if you're going to be surprised, but I think you're going to be shaken as I am. There's a lot of stuff involved here. Now, I can't say any more because I just don't want to influence the flow of the information. Okay, I don't want the media to take what I say and misconstrue it. And you as a loyal O'Reilly listener have a right to know, I think, down the lane what exactly happened. And we are working uh, in that direction, okay? So we're going to have a full week of uh, news analysis here. And we're going to read letters off the message board. So if you're a premium member, um, I am going to, that's going to be like the viewer mail, the message boards. And I've got six letters that I'm going to read tonight. And uh, so before he moves on, because he, he does get into something that I want to address that he says, but he is kind of being the sad sack guy. Well, I I don't like the reality TV thing that he's doing there. Right. It, it, can you comment or can you not? Because what's this little tease that you're doing where yeah, if you listen, can't comment, can, shut the fuck up. Listen, I can't give you a lot of details, but I think the truth is going to come out and you guys are going to be shaken because yeah. there's a lot of moving parts here. There's a lot of things that haven't come out. Wait a minute. I thought you can't comment right. on it. Why are you talking so much about it? I can't comment. But here, let me let me comment a little bit. Yeah. Uh, also, it's it's the you're well, listen, you're going to know the truth. Uh, you're probably not going to be surprised. But like you said, Brittany, you're going to be shaken. What in the fuck does that even mean? I I have no idea. And what truth is going to come out? I'm still hoping that, listen, I read like 25 pages. <laughs> oh, of course, testimony with the... 
Yeah. Yeah. With Andrea. Maskless or something. I'm not sure. Anyway, she apparently recorded conversations. And this is kind of just a rumor floating out there. But I read these, these documents, which were pretty juicy. And... In a not good way, and there's like a they're juicy in the same way that Mike Pence is good looking. Yeah, what is wrong with me today? <laughs> I cannot get my words out. Okay. Oh, the words. Yeah, so really hard sell on this episode. Um, <laughs> so hashtag third episode. Yeah. Everybody. Um, there were full paragraphs where the court document said Bill O'Reilly stated. And then it would be like a paragraph. Right. Like a transcript from the recording. Right. Of the phone sex or whatever was going on. And that just, I mean, she couldn't remember that. Right. Or she wasn't, right, was right. she taking notes? Yeah. Well, you also talked about like rubbing a loofah on her genitals. And then at one point called it a falafel rather than a, than a, than a. Than a loofah. I think he was busy and focusing on other things at that, at that time. I think you mean his wiener. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but uh, it, he settled in like two weeks or something. Oh, yeah. And What's so that tell you? I, I'm sure that she can't release the tape, but I wish that, that she could. Because when he starts saying things like this, the truth will come out. She was an associate producer on the show. Yeah. This is from like 10 years ago. Yeah. So anyway, let's finish this, the, the rest of this audio here, where he really, he's, he's rubbing right up against Donald Trump. Uh, we'll answer them honestly, as we always do. So the top story uh, that I want to tell you about that I think is very interesting is there are a couple of polls about President Trump today. One was the Washington Post. Um, and they basically have Trump approval rating around 40 percent, 42 percent, and his um, disapproval rating in uh, the low 50s. And then they go, all of the polls say the same thing. Well, this is unprecedented. No president in his first 100 days polled this low. But then they deceive, all right, as the mainstream media does on a daily basis. No president has ever entered office with as much negative publicity and hatred directed toward him as Donald Trump. In the history of our republic, no president has come under that kind of withering criticism. Let me tell you something, fucking Bill O'Reilly. No president has acted in a manner that Donald Trump has acted. No president has done the things that Donald Trump has done. No president to date of our 240-year history has justifiably brought on the ire of the American people in the way that he has. It's not unjustified. It's not out of left field. And it's not manufactured by the mainstream media, Bill O'Reilly. So get off the Trump dick, come back to reality there, guy, or crawl back into your paid only, not public podcast where you can just talk to your subscribers and not have your words see the light of day where people like me and Brittany can comment on what you say. Mm-hmm. Also, generally... F-O. Hashtag third episode. <laughs> it's going really well. It is going really well. Yeah. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and 
good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. Pamela. Pamela. Brian. Brian. Tobias. Tobias. Sherry. Sherry. And Justin. And Justin. Beautiful. Seriously, that's just since Sunday. Yes. Since the show on Sunday. Thank you guys so much. I would also like to say that we sent out maybe 60 envelopes. Holy shit. Yeah, we did. We sent several, I mean, a giant stack of envelopes out. Also, who knew it's only like $3 or something to send. There's a stamp that's an international stamp because we sent a couple to Sweden, one to the Netherlands, one to... Great Britain. Yeah. And maybe one to Norway. No, Denmark. That was it. Yeah. And it's only, a th- I mean, it's $3. So it's, but $3. I, who knew? I thought it was going to be like $11 a piece. I don't, I don't know anything, apparently. I don't think it was $3 each. I think it's like $360, $350 each. No. Less? Yeah. Oh, really? I think it might have been $360 for all three. Oh, well, we sent like six of them. Okay, I don't know what's happening. (laughs) Again, not quite sure what's going on. So, listen, if you're in one of those countries that I just named, wow, I don't know what happened to my voice right there. Apparently, Bill O'Reilly is starting to possess me Yeah. with all the mouth sounds. Um, But if you're in one of those countries that I just named, your stickers are on the way. Please, everybody in the States and out of the States, let us know when you get your stickers because... We've had a, a spate in the past of people not receiving them, and we really want to know. Yeah. In fact, we actually got an envelope returned, and I reached out to that person, have not heard back. Eagle. So, yes. I don't know why I was acting like it was this mysterious thing that I couldn't mention. <laughs> well, first name. Yeah. Um. So, there are people also that need stickers that didn't put their address on Patreon, and so I have also reached out to you. So, Check your messages on Patreon. If you have a message from us that isn't alerting you to the May Google Hangout and says something like, hey, address or returned envelope, <laughs> then uh, get back to us and we will send you stickers. All right. And then one one of the last times you're going to have to hear me say it, the month is almost up. If you have not gone in and changed the amount of your pledge since we switched from a per episode to a monthly if you haven't gone in and changed the amount of the pledge that you'd like to continue moving forward with the show please go do that that would be awesome and we'd appreciate you very very much all right democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism so Good times are back again, everybody. Barack Obama is off of his whirlwind two-month vacation. Hanging out on David Geffen's giant-ass yacht. It's like the size of a fucking city block, that thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had no idea that was a thing. He was doing that? Yeah, he, they, there was pictures all over, all over the internet of him taking pictures of, of Michelle. Uh-huh. Like, from far away, somebody caught a picture of him taking a photo. Huh. And the yacht that he's on is goddamn 
amazing. Well, good for him. Ah, oh, for sure. And I'm not shitting on him for that. Yeah, good for him. But anyway, he's back on the scene. Mm-hmm. He sat down on what? He's back on the scene. I like it. And then I kind of a little cough happened as well because this is the bonus episode and why wouldn't it? Hashtag third episode. <laughs> so he is back on the scene. He was at University of Chicago asking some questions uh, of some students, some young leadership. Yeah. And here is kind of a breakdown of, well, first of all, let's just say this. I'm going to play this, this clip in its entirety. I'm not going to interrupt it because it should be kind of somewhat of a a meditative mindfulness exercise. Thinking about how... For the audience. How lucky we are now. Yes, that this is what <laughs> we had. One, it might depress you. Right, so it's... But also, it's I, I for me, it was like, ah, uh, there is some semblance of reality, you know? So anyway, here it is in its entirety... Enjoy it because we we're getting some sanity back. We're getting some leadership back. And if it depresses you because it just reminds you of what we have, eh, take heart. On the back end now of my presidency, now that it's completed, uh, I'm spending a lot of time thinking about what is the most important thing I can do uh, it, for my next job. Um, and uh, what I'm convinced of is that although there are all kinds of issues that I care about and all kinds of issues that I intend to uh, work on, the single most important thing I can do is to help in any way I can prepare the next generation of leadership to take up the baton uh, and to take their own crack at changing the world. Um, Because the one thing that I'm absolutely convinced of is that, yes, we confront a whole range of challenges from economic inequality and lack of opportunity to uh, a criminal justice system that Uh, too often is is skewed in in, in ways that uh, are unproductive to climate change, to uh, issues uh, related to violence. All those problems are serious, they're daunting, but they're not insoluble. What is preventing us from tackling them and making more progress really has to do with our politics and our civic life. It has to do with the fact that because of things like political gerrymandering, uh, our parties have moved further and further apart and it's harder and harder to find common ground. Uh, Because of money in politics, special interests dominate uh, the debates in Washington in ways that don't match up with what the broad majority of Americans feel. Uh, Because of changes in the media, we now have a situation in which uh, everybody's listening to people who already agree with them and are further and further reinforcing their own realities uh, to the neglect of a common reality that uh, allows us to have a healthy debate 
and then try to find common ground and actually move solutions forward. Uh, and so, you know, when I said in 2004 that uh, there were no red states or blue states, there are the United States of America, that was an aspirational uh, comment. But I think it's, <laughs> and, and it's one, by the way, that I still believe in the sense that when you talk to individuals one-on-one, -on -one, people, there's a lot more that people have in common than uh, divides them. But obviously it's not true when it comes to our politics and our civic life. And maybe more pernicious is the fact that people just aren't involved. They get cynical and they give up. And as a consequence, we have some of the lowest voting rates of any advanced democracy and uh, low participation rates uh, then translate into a further gap between who's governing us and what we believe. The only folks who are going to be able to solve that problem are going to be young people, the next generation. How amazing is it to hear an articulate, well-spoken, complete sentence speaker in the realm of politics? Right. Well, my favorite part was when he talked about the problem with people only listening to the people that, that they agree with. And, of course, you don't have Donald Trump talking about this issue because he is at the heart of this problem. Yes, he exactly. creates false information that caters to his audience and they eat it up, right? Because it fits their worldview. And unfortunately, it's really, really hard to break out of this because liberals do it too, sure. right? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Go into their echo chambers where it's comfortable and only listen to the quote-unquote experts that hold their same view on whatever issue it might be. But I wish that we had more people that were intelligent like President Obama, who could come out and really highlight this issue. Because I think it's one of the the bigger problems that we face, especially with the Trump administration and the alternative facts and the constant lying and the what is truth and the contempt for expertise or elites, right? So I guess we can just only hope for uh, a more active presence from him. Although I understand that that there's a tradition of being respectful and not criticizing um, the, the person that comes after you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I understand all that, but I do hope that he continues to be uh, a presence. Yeah, listen, I think he's smart enough and forward-looking enough and also backward-looking enough in re with respect and deference to history and tradition that he'll be able to find some common ground there between the two of what he really should be doing and doing it with the respect for the past. I think he's a sharp character. He's one of the smartest presidents we've had ever. And uh, I think he'll do a good job. I I'm, I'm hopeful for that. So anyway, he's back on the scene and uh, we'd love to know what you guys think. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Now, dun, dun, dun. On with the Trump news, Michael Flynn disgraced former national security advisor, the personal choice to be in that position by Donald Trump, is in some big trouble. 
And it's not just Democrats who are saying so. Even coward Jason Chaffetz, hyper, uber, partisan Jason Chaffetz, the House Oversight Committee chairman, is saying that he did not follow the law. and It's not looking good. In addition to that, the White House is now denying requests for documents related to his hiring and his firing. Tonight, President Trump's former national security advisor under fire as questions swirl about whether he broke the law over payments he received from Russia and Turkey. Do you believe that Michael Flynn broke the law? I see no information or no data to support the notion that General Flynn complied with the law. The revelation comes after leaders of the House Oversight Committee reviewed classified documents in a private briefing. Speaking to reporters on Capitol Hill today, they revealed they've seen no proof showing Flynn, a former top military intelligence official, received permission from the Pentagon or the State Department for the foreign government payments he received. He was supposed to get permission and he was supposed to report and he didn't, period. And they say he didn't fully disclose the more than half million dollars his firm was given for lobbying activities on behalf of Turkey when he applied to reinstate his security clearance or the $45,000 he received from Russia for a RTTV speaking engagement. Money Chaffetz says Flynn might have to pay back. As a former military officer, you simply cannot take money from Russia, Turkey, or anybody else. Uh, and it appears as if he did take that money. It was inappropriate. Uh, and there are repercussions for the violation of law. Flynn's attorney says in a statement he did comply with the law on the Russia payment, saying, quote, General Flynn briefed the Defense Intelligence Agency, a component agency of DOD, extensively regarding the RT speaking event trip, both before and after the trip. At the same time, the White House is refusing to turn over necessary paperwork on Flynn, saying it doesn't have the relevant documents. Right now, to ask the White House to produce documents that were not in the possession of the White House is, is, un, is ridiculous. The embattled former National Security Advisor left amid controversy in February after he lied about discussing sanctions with Russian Ambassador Sergei Kislyak. Now, the former Acting Attorney General Sally Yates, who alerted the White House about Flynn's conversation with Kislyak, will soon testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee on Russia's interference in the election. We will ask her all questions about Russia, what she knew about Trump ties, uh, was any administration effort to unmask people for political purposes? We're going to get to all things uh, uh, Russia in terms of what the administration did and, and, and what Russia did. So we'll get to that in the next clip about the Judiciary Committee in the Senate with Sally Yates and James Clapper. But before we do, this is a big deal. When you've got Elijah Cummings the Maryland congressman and ranking member of the Government Oversight Committee, and Jason Chaffetz, standing shoulder to shoulder, but also lock in lockstep with their rhetoric. That Mike Flynn's in trouble. Mike Flynn didn't follow the law. Mike Flynn didn't disclose, first of all, didn't ask for permission to be a foreign agent and take payments from the Kremlin and the nation of Turkey. Didn't ask for permission didn't file the paperwork. Then when his application or the background information was needed to be the national security advisor for his background checks, 
He didn't provide the information then either. Again, I've said it before, but what the fuck is he hiding? If there's nothing to hide, why the secrets? Right. There's something here. And I think that we're starting to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel relative to Republicans stepping up and doing the right thing. I'm not going to give Jason Chaffetz a ton of credit, but this is a a good sign initially. Now, like they talked about at the end of that clip, Sally Yates, who was the woman who Donald Trump demanded she step down as acting attorney general, which wasn't out of the realm of of what what, what is reasonable because she was an Obama holdover. But she wasn't allowed to testify in the Devin Nunez committee, Nunez committee, Nunez, his committee, but instead is going to sit before the, the Senate Judiciary Committee, keeping in mind that the Senate is the more deliberative body. It's the, it's the big boys and girls where the House act like the fucking House, like Devin Nunes. She's going to be asked questions, and so is James Clapper, going to be asked questions of men like Chuck Grassley, Lindsey Graham, serious individuals. Patrick Leahy from Vermont. There's a lot of heavyweights on this committee that are going to get down to business. And I think they're going to ask the appropriate questions. This isn't going to be like the Neil Gorsuch confirmation hearing. I think that they're really going to want some answers here. And it's not going to be a whitewashing. It's not going to be the fucking parlor games that we've seen over on the House side of the Capitol. The Senate Judiciary Committee confirming that former acting Attorney General Sally Yates and former uh, Director of National Intelligence James Clapper will testify publicly on May 8th to discuss Russia's hacking into the election and potential uh, allegations of collusion. Yeah, Yates was fired, you'll remember, by President Trump back in January after he refused to defend his travel ban. But perhaps more importantly, as far as this committee is concerned, she was central in the controversy that led to the dismissal of Michael Flynn as the National Security Advisor. So let's get straight to CNN senior congressional reporter Manu Raju. Manu, you know, is the Judiciary Committee trying to send a message here? And you'll remember, Yates was supposed to testify once before publicly. That was canceled, some say under White House pressure. This will be a big deal to hear from her. Yeah, no kidding. And it actually is going to be the second time uh, that we will hear from her publicly by the time we get to that May 8th hearing because the House Intelligence Committee on Friday also announced that it would hear from Sally Yates as part of uh, testimony into its, its investigation into Russia meddling. And if you mentioned it, John, earlier that, yes, indeed, that hearing was canceled last month initially by House Intelligence Chairman Devin Nunes, as uh, some people were concerned about what she may say about those uh, possible, those contacts that occurred between Michael Flynn and the Russian ambassador and what she apparently said privately, that Michael Flynn could have been susceptible to Russian blackmail. Now, the fact that the Senate Judiciary Subcommittee is taking a look at it is another indication that this this investigation into Russia really is broadening beyond the House Intelligence and Senate Intelligence Committees. So good news. Good news also that it's going to be public. 
I mean, that's that's partly good, partly bad. Partly good for us because we get to talk about it. We'll get to see what gets said. We'll get to see the theatrics of it because there's always theatrics. Whether they're serious or not, it's Congress. They're like anybody else. When the cameras are on, they're going to they're gonna play their games. But when I say it's good and bad, if it was under the cover of an executive session, which is what they call their top secret uh, sessions of committees and proceedings in open chamber, of the Senate and the House, um, then they would really get down to business and they'd be able to talk very openly, very frankly, about top secret information. Now, a lot of times public hearings lead to executive sessions because it gets revealed that there's not a lot they're going to be able to say unless it is an executive session. So we'll see. We'll see how this lands. But uh, it is interesting nonetheless, and I think that there will be information garnered. Look, it's a drip, 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 and eventually, you know, you get a million drips of water, and it turns into something major. So good good times. All right. Well, the AP just recently sat down with Donald Trump, and <laughs> it went about as good, I guess, as you could expect. Well, I'm going to start off with... <laughs> A very shocking part of the interview. And the reason it's shocking is I think Donald Trump actually gave a pretty good answer to this question. Really? And when I was reading it, I thought, wow, I wish I could hear a recording of this to see if someone whispered in his ear before he answered or how much time elapsed between oh, yeah, the question yeah. and the answer. So uh, you don't get that in a print interview. Right. So they asked, you've talked a little bit about the way that you've brought some business skills into the office. Is there anything from your business background that just doesn't translate into the presidency that just simply is not applicable to this job? Trump said, well, in business, you don't necessarily need heart, whereas here, almost everything affects people. So if you're talking about healthcare, you have healthcare and business, but you're trying to just negotiate a good price on healthcare, et cetera, et cetera, you're providing health. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm ending the quote now. It doesn't um, go well, but I'm saying I, I, we get it. We get it. Yeah, yeah. The message there. Yeah, the, the I substance. Was surprised, of it, the substance of it. Yeah. yeah, that he actually his first thought was with business. It's bottom line. Yeah, and here and, I'm actually having to be concerned about people. Yeah, yeah. And maybe it's a dick move that I'm surprised by that, but I, I don't think so. I I don't want to sound. Well, it's like a moment of lucidity from him. Yeah, I, I just, I don't want my bias to be speaking, right? Because I don't want to believe that. <laughs> That's the difference between Brittany Page and Jesse D. Well, I don't want. Hashtag third episode. <laughs> I don't want my bias to be motivating the belief that he can't be a normal person or he doesn't have a heart or he doesn't understand the gravity of decisions that he makes. But at the same time, I think it's reasonable for me to assess the things that he says and does based on That's right. previous past, past performance is often indicative of future results. Right. So when I was reading this, I was surprised. <laughs> whatever. If it's my bias, I don't know. Whatever. But he he was kind of classic Donald Trump in many ways in this interview. Was yeah. he not? So they also said you did put out though, as a candidate, you put out a 100 day plan. Do you feel like you should be held accountable to that plan? Somebody, yeah, somebody put out the concept of a hundred day plan, but yeah. Uh, well, I'm mostly there on most items. Go over the items and I'll talk to you. 
So wow. somebody somebody put out a concept. Yeah, apparently he's blaming it on some campaign staffer. Even though it's my ple- listen, let me tell you, lowly campaign staffers don't put out my pledge to the American people documents from the candidate. Mm-hmm. They don't use the word pledge lightly in a normal political campaign, unless Donald Trump is giving odd unilateral control to low-level employees, which doesn't really sound like his 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 giddy up, you yeah. know? Yeah. So this part of the interview, they were talking about the tax cuts that he's getting ready to roll out. This is going to be his latest attempt to do something successfully. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> and the AP said, obviously, the, the tax reform is going to come in a week where you're going to be running up against the deadline for keeping the government open. If you get a bill on your desk that does not include funding for the wall, will you sign it? He says. I don't know yet. People want the border wall. My base definitely wants the border wall. My base really wants it. You've been to many of the rallies, okay? The thing that they want more than anything is the wall. My base, which is a big base. I think my base is 45%. You know, it's funny. The Democrats, (laughs) they have a big advantage in the electoral college. Wow. Big, big, big advantage. I've always said the popular vote would be a lot easier than the electoral college. The electoral college, but it's a whole different campaign. The electoral college is very difficult for Republican to win. And I will tell you, the people want to see it. The people want to see the wall. They want to see security. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Holy fucking shit. Are you kidding me? No, that's what happened. That, that is, is an the transcript. Unbelievable transcript of an answer. Yes. Yep. God damn. Still randomly with the electoral college. <laughs> It's all the fuck we need. <laughs> uh, just randomly talking about how big his base is. You're the president, sir. I bet you his base is really, really big, <laughs> sir. You Donald are Trump, baby. <laughs> we Wait. got some Hillary bitches on here. Come on, baby. <laughs> yeah. So one more. You got to have one more for us. Uh, is there one more? Yeah. So. AP asks, if I could fit a couple more topics in, Jeff Sessions, your attorney general, is taking a tougher line suddenly on Julian Assange, saying that arresting him is a priority. You were supportive of what WikiLeaks was WikiLeaks was doing. Wicca. WikiLeaks. <laughs> during the campaign with the release of Clinton oh, no, emails. No, no, no. It's Anderson Cooper that says WikiLeaks. It's Donald Trump who's Wiki, WikiLeaks. Ah! I don't know if he does that, but... <laughs> Do you think arresting Assange is a priority for the United States, Trump? When WikiLeaks came out, never heard of WikiLeaks, never heard of it. When mm-hmm. WikiLeaks came out, all I was saying is, well, look at all this information here. This is pretty good stuff. You know, they tried to hack the Republican, the RNC, but we had good defenses. They didn't have defenses, which is pretty bad management. But we had good defenses. They tried to hack both of them. They weren't able to get through to the Republicans. No, I found it very interesting when I read this stuff and I said, whoa. It was just a figure of speech. I said, well, look at this. It's good reading. What? That's how it ends. So he didn't answer the question. He did not. It makes me wonder a little bit about the wiki. Oh, 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 but they do ask. They said, but that didn't mean that you supported what Assange is doing. No, I don't support or unsupport. Or unsupport, Mm. you say. Mm. Wow. Ivy League educated, everybody. (laughs) Hashtag third episode. (laughs) So... I wonder what's up, what's going on, if they're starting to to look into prosecuting Julian Assange from the federal government standpoint, from a Trump administration standpoint. It makes me wonder, eh, what's up? 
Yeah. Does Julian Assange have some shit that they're afraid is going to be let loose on a Trump administration? Sheer speculation. I have no information. But it makes me wonder. Sheer speculation. Why all of a sudden? I know you hate it when I do that, but why all of a sudden the change of tone? Jesse, sheer speculation, Dollamore. Hmm. (laughs) Ivanka Trump is in Germany right now, everybody. (laughs) And she got asked some hard-hitting questions at an interview and a panel when she was on stage about exactly what her role is as first daughter. And her answer may or may not surprise you. What is your role uh, and whom are you representing uh, your your father as the president of the united states the american people or your business well certainly not the latter and i am rather unfamiliar with this role as well as it is quite new to me it has been a little under a hundred days but it is just been a remarkable and incredible journey all right well i'm going to stop it there and Does she me, think that we're going to be fooled by the breathy kind of sensual way yeah, with which she speaks? It's like she's on a fucking 976 sex talk line, phone sex line. Also, when you watch the clip, when you see her, she's got this fucking goofy, unnatural, ear-to-ear smile the entire time she's talking. Mm-hmm. No one talks while smiling unless they're telling a goddamn joke. Unless you're answering the phone at a business and you need to sound like you're real happy. Yeah. That's a thing. That is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the case here, though. <laughs> also, the weird, breathy, uh, I just, so I don't understand. Uh. Listen, answer the fucking question. In what role are you? Is it, are you representing your father as president? Are you representing your business? Are you representing the country? Well, she said certainly not the latter. Yeah, right. As she gets fucking patents and trademarks left and right from countries she just so happens to be in contact with. You know, as an entrepreneur and as an individual prior to this in in the private sector, sector, I cared very much about empowering women in the workplace and the opportunity to have an elevated platform, to be able to sit here on the stage. And, and thank you, Chancellor, for your very gracious invitation. I'm humbled to be here with so many formidable leaders to engage in dialogue, to learn, to bring the advice, to bring the knowledge back to the United States, back to both my father and the president. And hopefully that will bring about incremental positive change, and that is my goal. Some attitudes towards women your father has publicly uh, displayed uh, in, in former times uh, might uh, leave one uh, questioning whether he is such, a, such an empower for women. How, how do you relate to that, or are things changing? Or what's your comment on that? I've certainly heard the criticism from the media, and um, that's been perpetuated, but... You've heard the criticism from the media that's been perpetuated. Have you not heard your your father on tape saying he likes to grab women by the pussy and I just start kissing? I don't even wait. Have you heard your father talk about barging into dressing rooms of Miss Teen USA pageants where they are naked? And he's the owner of the pageant, so he can just go do that. 
Have you heard that? Or is it the media who's perpetrating some fraud upon the American people, some lie about your father, Ivanka? I know from personal experience, and I think the thousands of women who have worked with and for my father for decades when he was in the private sector are a testament to his belief and solid conviction in the potential of women and, um, and their ability to, to do the job as well as any man. So I, I think in my personal experience, and you were asking me about my role as daughter and also advisor, as a daughter, I can speak on a very personal level, knowing that he encouraged me and enabled me to thrive. I grew up in a house where there was no barriers to what I could accomplish beyond my own perseverance and my own tenacity. And I don't take that lightly as a parent now myself. That's not an easy thing to do. And, and he did that and he provided that for us. There was no difference for me and my brothers. And I think as, as a business leader, you saw that. And as a president, you will absolutely see that. So is she alluding to the wealthy situation that she was born into? I, I didn't right, really right. understand what she's talking about. No, he was a hard-working blue-collar guy that just... He, he provided this atmosphere that made her an entrepreneur. It wasn't the fact that she was raised in a billionaire household right. that she was able to thrive as an entrepreneur. Come on. <laughs> this is very, it's very strange to me when wealthy people talk like this, right? Because yeah. it, it makes them sound very out of touch with reality. And I understand she can, she can be a rich person and still have... Uh, perseverance, still be tenacious, still be... Look at Bill and Melinda Gates. Yeah, still set goals and go after them and be successful, and, and that's awesome, right? There's plenty of rich kids that squander their opportunity. Yeah. And she did not. That's great. But acknowledge the fact that a lot of that comes from the fact that you were born into wealth. Yeah. A substantial amount of wealth. That's 99% of why she is where she is, is because she was born to a billionaire. It was opportunity after opportunity given to her to work in the company, starting from a very young age. She could have barely graduated high school and still gone to Penn State. Right. Right. I'm sorry. University of Pennsylvania. Yes. Ivy League school. Yeah. Because her father is who he is. Yeah. Come on. Jared Kushner didn't qualify to go to fucking Harvard... But his father made a substantial contribution to the university, and he got in. Mm -hmm. That is how it works when you have extreme money. That is how it works. That is called privilege of wealth. And acknowledging this is important, not just the, so that people can understand that you're not out of touch. It's so that we know that you understand the everyday struggle that people have yeah. that aren't born into that position and what that means for people that don't have parents to help them financially at all, ever. In fact, maybe make their lives miserable and yeah, they might be a detriment. Yeah. Parents or, or the legacy that they provide. Right. Or not inheriting property or money. Yeah. Right. Having no inheritance, just starting off on your own. These things are, Difficult to overcome. Well, and she, but she comes from a family 
that says the 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 the, his, the patriarch of her family says oh, I got a small loan of a million dollars blah 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 in the seventies which was worth six or eight million dollars then and she thinks oh that is a small loan he did wow he really pulled himself up by the fucking bootstraps right and this is. That's exactly what I was going to say before you interrupted me. And <laughs> then you stole my thunder, which is Sorry. this is how that myth gets perpetuated is people look to Donald Trump and say, oh, look at this, this man. He he picked himself up by the bootstraps. He's he created this own, his own wealth. Right. He did it himself. Self-made man. Right. Right. Um, it's a little bit more complicated than that. And I think in almost... Actually, I would push back. It's not complicated, more complicated than that. It's way more easy than that. That story is fucking bullshit. He was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Money beget money. We've had callers call in. He was born on a giant pile of money, and he turned it, that giant pile of money into a more giant pile of money. Okay. It's easy. You're, yeah, you're right. That's easy. But I would say that people try to use that... Pick yourself up by the bootstraps. And I would say in most cases, yes. it's a more complicated picture than that. Well, there are variables that are unknown that people don't see. No, for people like you who say, oh, look at Brittany. She pulled herself up by her bootstraps. It is true, but it is more complicated in your case. In a case of a guy who was born to a multimillionaire, almost billionaire, it's not complicated. Mm -hmm. He had privilege. He had wealth. He had opportunity. He had advantages. He had connections. Right. It's easy. It's fucking easy. It's it's not a difficult. So we're 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 talking the same language. We're just talking past each other. I'm probably talking past you. I don't think any of that's happening. I think that I just said something that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's as simple as it gets. No, no, no. Everybody, I, 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 I get what you're saying. Anyway, all right. We're gonna wrap. I have a Jake Tapper clip, and we've got some Harvard research that we're going to push until the third episode of the week. Ooh. Yeah, this was the second episode. We're going to do a Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing this week. So your, no, your next episode's not going to land on Thursday. It'll land on Friday. We'll record it on Thursday. What a nice little treat. But you may or may not also be getting a bonus episode, a real bonus episode this week i doubt it with Don more podcast really taking care of biz this week seriously really taking care of biz working people in showbiz is this showbiz Brittany? i don't think so it's the asshole of today ivy taylor mayor of san antonio Ivy Taylor. Yeah, so she's not a fan of atheists. That's right. Not many people are. Well, a lot of people are not. How about that? Your research shows. Uh, no, my research doesn't show that. Research but... shows, not yours. Yeah. But some research shows. Yes. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> See, you haven't read my thesis because you don't care about things, hmm. but... You, Let's get on to Mayor Ivy Taylor okay. before you start shitting on me at the end of the show. Got it. Okay. Um, Hashtag third episode. So, so she... Hashtag every She episode. was at some event where some forum on nonprofit issues 
And someone asked her a very complicated question that was difficult. And then she had an interesting response. What do you see as the deepest systemic causes of generational poverty in San Antonio? Now I'll go ahead and put it out there that to me, the, it's broken people. You know, uh, people not uh, being in relationship with their creator and uh, therefore not uh, being in um, good relationship with their their families and their communities and, you know, uh, not being productive members of society. So, I mean, I think that's the ultimate answer. That's not something that I work on from my position as mayor of the community, though I try to uh, be an example, um, but as far as some of the policy issues that we work on from the political uh, angle or the nonprofit angle, you know, I see education as the great equalizer. So it's, it's weird to hear someone who is educated in a position of power answer this question, which is a complicated question, but the fact is that a lot of time and resources have been dedicated to addressing this question. Yeah. And there could have been numerous things that she could talk about. Easy answers. Right. Also, she's a black woman. Yeah. And so, so you would think that someone would be in tune to generational poverty. Right. And so she eventually got to education, which should have probably been the first thing. That seemed that to me she... like she was backpedaling. Like, oh, shit, I shouldn't, I'm mayor, I shouldn't be advocating for religion in my official capacity as, as mayor, because that's a, a, a violation of the separation of church and state. Right. One, not a fan of the phrase broken people. Right. Especially attached to who don't have a relationship with their creator. Right. And so while we're on that, let's some facts <laughs> from Pew Research Center. Pew pew. Pew, pew. pew 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 and these numbers are from 2014 so little little dated yeah you know maybe over the course of the last three years non-believers or people without a relationship with their creator have plummeted relative to their social status and income and station in life Atheists and agnostics tend to be relatively wealthy, with about six in ten in each group making fifty thousand or more per year. That's that's a substantial amount. Also, thirty percent of atheists make a thousand dollars. I mean, a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> or more per year, and twenty nine percent of agnostics make a hundred thousand or more per year. Right. And so, so, could this maybe be an education? statistic as well right so they say the differences in income across religious traditions largely mirror the differences in educational attainment because jews actually have the the highest percentage sure for those making a hundred thousand dollars or more 44 percent. can i also say that there is a large percentage of jews who are atheist mm -hmm. it's like the only religion i know where you can be an atheist and still be in the religious group I'm assuming that these people were given a list to choose from. Yeah. And so sure. so the people who chose atheist were then put an atheist and the people who chose Jewish. I'm not sure what an atheist Jew would choose. I, yeah. I think they would choose atheist, maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe one yeah. of our listeners yeah, one yeah. of our listeners could let us know what they would choose. I'm not sure. 
Let us know. What would you choose? Let us know. Also, my skeptic article is related to this. Three shades of atheism. Yeah. Different kinds of atheists out there, everybody. Little, little plug there. A little plug, little teaser. Coming up in June, everybody. Really exciting. All right, so let's get back to this. Okay, let's get back sorry. to yeah. to Mary. Not Mary. Her Ivy name is Mayor, Taylor. Mayor Ivy Taylor. So she's she's wrong about this. That she's flatly wrong. That atheists are causing poverty because they are not in a relationship with God. Generational poverty. Yeah. You know, the other thing is, and I don't know the exact statistics, but people who are higher educated make a lot more money over their lifetimes than people without. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a a high school diploma, those who do make more than you. Those who have a bachelor's degree make more than those with just a high school diploma. On average. Well, of course, on Mm -hmm. average. And then those who with graduate degrees make... uh, Someone who has a doctorate is going to make more than you with a a master's. On average. On average. Yes. Of course. Yes. Uh, There's actors who didn't graduate high school who are millionaires. Well, we're just we're being precise in our language. We're just being precise in our language. Brittany loves precise language. Hashtag third show facts. Hashtag third show facts. All right, we're going to wrap it there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We hope that you appreciate this. The third episode. Well, this is the second, but the second of three episodes this week. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We want to partner with you, and we want you, in turn, to partner with us to move the conversation forward. Go check out dollamore.com on the left-hand side of the page. It says support the show. There are three links there, one of which was bad this week, and a contributor, one of our new Patreon contributors, said, hey, man, that PayPal link's no good, and uh, he turned me on to it. So I fixed the PayPal link. And Patreon is still there. And Amazon. Listen, if money is not your way to support the show, we'd love to see you rate and review the show on iTunes. And if that is not your bag, tell a friend, tell a family member, turn someone on to the show. Grab their goddamn phone and subscribe to the show with their phone. Force them into it. That's the, I always find force is the best way. To coerce people. No? That is actually a terrible idea. (laughs) Well, I'm filled with terrible ideas. That is true. Well, not force, like crazy force. Just it's a a gentle nudge Mm. to download the show for them on their phone. Yeah. I'm not talking about roofies here, Brittany Page. That's good. Just uh, whatever that is. Yeah. All right. We love you guys. We appreciate you. And we will see you next time. Until then, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been Hashtag Third Episode. I am sad that I'm not on television anymore. 